Listener-supported KFUO, you're listening to the Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for making KFUO part of your day today. It's time now for our Moment of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. Good to talk to you, and uh, happy... uh Happy the end of the middle of the week. There we go. Happy the end of the middle of the week. And I guess we can call it that. Or you, or you could call it Happy Labor Day early, because we're going to have that extended weekend coming up. So That's true. That'll be fun. Yeah. So what's our topic of discussion today? Well, today we're going to talk about, uh, I guess you could call it a letter. Uh, that's that's what we usually describe, what we call the epistles in the New Testament letters. Well, this is literally a letter. It's just one chapter long. And I'm pretty sure in our three-year cycle of readings that this is the only time in the three-year cycle we ever read from the letter to Philemon. Not exactly the most familiar of all biblical book names. Right. But Philemon, uh, apparently from the letter, was a rich man who owned slaves. St. Paul was writing to him from prison, and while he was in prison, the apostle had met a runaway slave named Onesimus, and St. Paul is writing this letter while he sends Onesimus back to Philemon with a bold request. So let me just quote from the middle of uh, that letter. He says, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you in me. I am sending him back to you, sending him by very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord." For this is perhaps why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if we take that word Onesimus, which is the name of the slave, and translate it from Greek to English, the word literally means useful. And so that's that's that little reference. He says he, he he was formerly useless to you, but now he's useful. He says he really is Anesimus now. Uh, the man who had been useless had now become useful. So he was being sent back to Philemon with a request that Anesimus no longer be a slave, but a brother in Christ. Now, we have no idea what response Philemon had to what St. Paul's request was. Uh, there's another place in the New Testament also, Gary, that we don't really know what the response was. And that's that story of the Good Samaritan. It was it was spoken to a lawyer who asked him a question, um, but we never found out what, uh, what the reply was uh, about uh, what it was that you were supposed to do based upon that parable. It's the same thing with Philemon. I'd like to think that Philemon was honoring St. Paul's request in what he did. So such a response, honoring the request, has me thinking about my favorite psalm and the hymn that Isaac Watts wrote based upon this psalm, The Man is Ever Blessed. It's written to the words of Psalm 1. I don't know, Gary, if this is familiar to you, but some people like to quote a Bible verse when they sign their names at the end of a letter that they have written. Ever see that? Yeah, I've seen various Bible verses at the end of letters that people have Mm -hmm. written. 
Well, I like to quote Psalm 1. Okay. In such places in my letters. So it's like, it's like my favorite. And we're going to take a little look at it uh, based upon uh, Isaac Watts' hymn. The tradition of making psalms into hymn lyrics is an important part of the story of the followers of John Calvin. And remember, the Calvinists are the Presbyterians. And we talked a little bit about that a few weeks ago when we talked about the metrical psalms. Remember that? Yeah. And it comes from the Scottish, who were strongly Presbyterian. What they did was they took the psalms, which, of course, were not written in meter like we're used to singing hymns, and they they rephrased the psalms, tried their hardest not to change them in any way, but just put them into a meter so they could be sung. And that's what most of the hymns that were sung by the early Calvinists were, because Calvin believed that only psalms should be sung at our worship services, since those were the hymns of the Bible. So they were composed to meter. Isaac Watts didn't disagree with Calvin in all these ways of singing hymns. He composed quite a few that weren't necessarily based on the psalms, but he did compose several psalms based on uh, what David wrote in meter. So here's his first two verses of uh, his version of Psalm number one. The man is ever blessed who shuns the sinner's ways. Among their counsels never stands, nor takes the scorner's place, but makes the law of God his study and delight. Amid the labors of the day and watches of the night. I'd really like to think that Philemon thought that way. And as a result of St. Paul's invitation, uh, acted that way in his new restored relationship with Philemon. St. Paul goes on a little bit later in the letter, and he presses his point a little bit harder. So if you consider me your partner... Receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want to see some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. And once again, we have no idea how Philemon replied to this request. Isaac Watts, going back to him again, we're also aware that the Psalms were written in the Old Testament, and so there weren't references to Christ in them. So Watts had a way of just kind of sneaking Jesus into his translation of even the Psalms. Here are the final two verses of his version of Psalm number one, where he makes reference to Jesus as the Savior of those who are blessed and the frustration of those who are not. How will they bear to stand before the judgment seat where all the saints at Christ's right hand in full assembly meet? He knows and he approves the way the righteous go, but sinners and their work shall meet a dreadful overflow. I think like Philemon, We often struggle over what appears to be unfair in the world around us. And remember, unfair is usually what we assess in our own minds based upon what we think is right and good and just, and then sometimes even impose God's word to it just to make it sound like uh, we agree with God or he agrees with us. At such times, it's important for us to remember uh, this quote from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans. 
We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. That's the way, Gary, I want to live. That's the way I want to conduct myself. I want to be a Psalm 1 kind of guy. And I'm not a Psalm 1 kind of guy all the time, but that's how I'd like to be. We always fall short in word, thought, and deed. Oh, constantly. We, yeah. I keep wondering, you know, when Philemon read the letter, um, his initial reaction to what St. Paul was saying, because St. Paul pressed his point very hard and says, you owe it to me. Right. Wow. I'd like to think he, he responded and said, okay, let's yeah. do it. Would you like to lead us in a prayer real quick? Sure. Lord, teach us a lesson from this letter to Philemon that you can accomplish what we cannot. And teach us how then to rethink what we once thought to be important, because it may not be important as we thought. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who has and still does redeem our life. Amen. Amen. What are we talking about next week? Well, next week we're going to hear about the parable of the lost sheep. They were found by their shepherd who looked for them. And uh, so I want to go back to a children's hymn. As I understand it, and we're not exactly sure because, you know, this heritage of of hymns is, uh, is, is certain in some places and not certain in others. But we think this might be the oldest hymn in the hymnal. The story of the sheep who rejoice after being found by Jesus the Good Shepherd. And the hymn is titled, Shepherd of Tender Youth. So that's the plan for next week. Sounds good. Well, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for everything you do for KFUO. And it's a great honor uh, to be able to do it, and, and I'm happy that I've done it for years and years and years. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Messenger of Good News worldwide at KFUO.org.